First John chapter four this morning, if you have your Bibles with you to flip right over there. We were in First John three last week, and First John three the week before, and First John three the week before, and First John two the week before, and you get the point. <laughs> we're getting there. First John chapter four today will be in verses one through six. Let's stand as we read these first six verses of John's letter to the believers. giving us reason, giving us answers for how we can know that we're born again. These things have I written unto you. I'm not reading that verse yet. Verse 13 of chapter 5. These things have I written unto you that you may know that you know that you know. It's fair to say, it's safe to say, God doesn't want any people wondering whether they are or are not born again. If you're unsure, there is not peace, there is not contentment in your heart and in your soul. Now, this is unscripted, which usually things happen. If you have eyes to see and ears to hear, and you can read or you can watch TV and you see almost literally scripture unfolding before your eyes and you're unsure of your salvation, you are a wreck internally right now. Nobody else may know about it. You may be playing a good game. But inside, you are struggling. But for those of us who are confirmed in our hearts, we know that we're born again. We know that God is sovereign. We read, we watch, we're discouraged. Maybe we're upset. Maybe it drives us to prayer. But we are not hopeless. And we have peace inside that surpasses all human understanding that we're hearing about. God doesn't want you to be a wreck internally. He wants you to know. And for the last couple months, I've been preaching straight from the Word of God, inspired by John to the church, so that no one has to be confused, so that everyone can know. Today, he continues, beloved believers, Christians, authentic Christians, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Why? Because many false prophets are going out into the world. Hereby, this is how we know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world today. They, those spirits, those false teachers, 
They are of the world. Therefore, they speak of the world, and the world hears them. That's my favorite verse to talk about. I hope I get there. Verse 6. But we, we're of God. Believers, we're not of the world. We're of God. He that knows God hears us. And he that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth. This is how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. We can know we're born again. And as a born again, genuine, authentic Christian, we can know the difference in error and truth. Furthermore, we should know the difference in error and truth. And one more statement before we pray. We live in an age worldwide of a lot of error. But thank God, there's still a lot of truth. And we ought to know it when we see it. Father, thank you for your word. We read it believing by faith that it is absolute truth. It is perfect. It is good for doctrine, the doctrine of your church. It's good for correction, for instruction and in righteousness, for reproving us. And today may we hear it and receive it as it truly is perfect and good for us. And not just hear it, but act on it and be doers of your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I had multiple titles for this sermon, and I, came, I ended with this. When we're talking about authentic Christians in this series that now has been created, for a genuine believer, safe. For a genuine believer, I'm not going to be able to continue with that sitting right there. You know that, right? Some of you weren't paying attention and you don't know what happened. It's all right. For an authentic Christian, for a genuine believer, we are told, don't believe everything you hear. Don't believe everything you hear. And today, we almost could say, don't believe everything you see. But that's not the message, so don't write that down. Don't believe everything you hear, church, believer. And it's safe to say, in the 21st century, we have almost innumerable ways to hear stuff. Whether it's in the car on the radio, which is old school. Maybe some of you put in an old eight-track of Billy Graham riding down the road. I don't know. Um, or podcast, or audiobooks, or satellite radio. It's safe to say that in the 21st century, in the year that we're living in, 2023, there's never been more access to information than today. Oh, I forgot about the internet. Y'all know anything about that? More information on your phones than 25 years ago we had on the biggest desktop computer 
in town. There is no lacking of information. Even when it comes to religious information. Church, churches, ministries, tons of information available. Fortunately or unfortunately, the lost person has access to hearing, I'm going to say, a gospel message. Pretty much at will. Which should frighten us on one hand. We want to be excited about it. But today, based on the scripture, the Antichrist or the spirit of Antichrist are coming and are indeed already here. False teachers are here. Now I've got to say this and kind of get it off my chest before I go any further because we've got to understand that it does exist and there are different reasons why it exists. John is talking specifically about false teachers who disagree with the apostles' teaching. John was an apostle. The apostles here, remember some of them uh, came out from us, but they were not of us. They heard the truth. They heard the gospel. John says it over and over, from the beginning, you've heard from the beginning. They heard many of them from Jesus' own mouth. Now they've heard from the apostles who taught from him, who are now writing from him, and they just didn't believe it. Furthermore, they not only didn't believe it, they started changing it. They started creating a new gospel, a false gospel, a false message, and now they're false teachers, and they're in the church even in John's day. Some things never change. As a matter of fact, it hasn't not only changed, it's expanded. Now, I'm convinced, and here's where we need to maybe get an understanding. There are false teachers that are just clueless. And maybe there's help for them. Maybe they just need to hear good preaching or go to school or something. Maybe Bible school. I don't know, something. Like vacation Bible school. I don't know. But that's not the ones that John is talking about. That's not the ones that we necessarily need to be as concerned about. Not that we don't need to be concerned about the ignorant false teachers. But that's not who we're talking about. We're talking about those who have intentionally changed the message of the gospel. They've eliminated key doctrines of the faith. And in many times they have added fake doctrines. Many times, we're, if, we're not, if we're not careful, we'll start to help God out. Um, that can happen on a local level in church where we just start adding our own pharisaical rules because God wasn't strict enough. Or it could go as far as a religion my little teenager Joseph Smith saying God wasn't completely finished with his word and he gave me a revelation to add to it. Obviously he didn't read the last page of the word that he already had or didn't care. And then we create an entire denomination 
that's built on a lie because you have added to God's perfect word. And then throw in, by the way, here's how you, here's how you adjust. Well, I'm sure Joseph Smith, y'all, if y'all don't know Joseph, ask somebody about him later, but I'm sure Joseph Smith had read the latter part of Revelation where he knew probably shouldn't add to this. So he had to come up with a defense. What was his defense? I was sitting out in the woods on a stump. It goes something like that, by the way. I think he had inhaled something he shouldn't have inhaled personally. (laughs) And then he got a vision. And God said to him, I'm not finished, Joseph. Please write and finish what I started. Something like that. So who's going to argue with God? So who's going to argue with Joseph? And God came to me. That's not a joke, but here's the punchline. The person that's going to argue with him is the person who knows Scripture. Joseph, that just ain't right. Who are you? We'll stop picking on the Mormons for a second. There's a lot of them. Most of them are nice. Just got bad doctrine. They're false teachers. In this text, we see it's important to understand there are intentionally phony false teachers who are teaching doctrine that are leading people away from God, away from heaven, and straight to hell on a religious road. Now, I believe some of them are influenced and potentially possessed by Satan himself. In today's world, definitely in John's world, but in today's world, I believe some of them have been possessed by Satan to propagate lies. I believe many of them are oppressed or persuaded by satanic forces, as we'll see in this text, to propagate lies. If the devil, if Satan can get someone to propagate a mass false teaching to masses of people to get them to buy a lie, he is keeping them from the truth. And I hope we understand God, sorry, the devil wants that. And Satan has a strategy. And there are people that are being kept from the truth because they've bought and believed a lie. And if we are contextual, there are people who were in the church who started buying some of these doctrines from these false teachers. We'll talk about them shortly. And they came out from us, but they were not of us. They were sitting in the church, maybe on a padded pew, with the air just right. This morning it is. If I can see some of you wrapped up, I know it's just right. (laughs) But on a padded pew in a church in a comfortable setting, there are people in America who are not of us. And they will be found out because they will leave and they will come out from us to follow false teaching and false doctrine. It happens. It has happened and it will continue to happen. In this passage of scripture, we'll see that authentic Christians, true believers, should not believe everything they see. 
or everything they hear. A wise man once said, I don't know who to give credit, but probably all of us have said it. If it seems too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. And we can learn a lot from that, especially when it comes to the Word of God and the teachings by supposed men of God. John wants the church to be able to acknowledge what true Christianity looks like, what an authentic Christian looks like. And in this passage today, knowing that there are many spirits is what he'll use. We'll talk about that. Knowing that there are many spirits among us, authentic Christians who are importantly empowered by the Holy Spirit, we are to examine. We are to, King James, try. We are to test these spirits so that we can identify, so that we can discern between, rightfully, the spirit of truth and the spirit of error, as he calls it. This is kind of going to skip to the end, but we'll see what happens. An authentic Christian, a genuinely born-again Christian, we have the Holy Spirit living within us. We ought to be able to tell truth from a lie. First thing we see here is that believers are to examine the spirits. Beloved, don't believe every spirit, but try them. Examine them. The word there is to analyze them. Why? To find out if they're from God. Why? Because there's a lot of, a lot of false prophets that are going out into the world. I want us to understand what this word spirit here means because we can get a little, it can be interesting. The word spirit there is what you would think like spirit, as in even Holy Spirit. But it's, it's like the word pneuma to breathe. It's breath. It's also the same word spirit that's used for demonic or godly or angelic spirits. It's the same word breathe there. I want you to think of it this way. The, the spirits are breathing out something. Spew is a better word, but that doesn't fit the, the, the Greek, but it's a different word. And, and God says through John that there are multiple spirits present in the world today. This is very foundational. Nobody really likes to talk about it, but there are demonic spirits today. There are satanic spirits today. I'm not here to give you examples. I'm not here to scare you. Would be a good time to talk about why we don't celebrate Halloween, but I'm not going to do that. We're just having fun. Okay. Now I now just hurt a lot of people's feelings. I probably shouldn't say that. Let me think, how did I say it? Did I say it to where it was definitively that we shouldn't? I, the reality is that we are in a world with satanic spirits. Paul said, when he talked about the whole armor of God, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness in high places, against principalities. We, we in the church have gotten this idea that nearly a third of the angels in heaven fail. Now, there's some differing opinions about that, 
Uh, there's a passage in Revelation that says a third of the stars swept uh, back to earth. And that's where we get this third of the angels. Uh, I'm not opposed to that. I think there's a lot that went with him. Uh, if a third's a good number, let's say a third. If that's really what it meant in Revelation. The question is, how many angels were there? Hebrews says that there were thousands upon thousands of innumerable angels. So that fixes the third problem, if you hadn't figured that out yet. If you can't number them, it doesn't matter if it's a third. It's a lot. Right? So if a tenth went, y'all follow my logic. If a tenth went with them, it's a lot. A tenth of innumerable is a lot. So the reality is we have to understand as Christians that there is a spiritual world, there is a, um, both positive and the godly spirits, but definitely satanic spirits that exist, that we're influenced by, that we're affected by, that want to wreck the church, that want to wreck a Christian, but certainly want to deter one who's not sure about his or her salvation and get them to buy the lies of a false teacher. It's, it's one of the saddest pictures in all of Scripture is to think that there will be religious people thinking they're on their way to heaven but not go there. And here depart from me, workers of iniquity. It's hard for us to really wrap our, our minds and our souls around that because we don't want that to be true, but it is true. There will be thousands upon thousands upon thousands of very religious Muslims who hear from the one that matters, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. There will be thousands upon thousands, I believe, of Mormons who hear, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, I never knew you. And that's a sad picture. But as a Baptist pastor, there's a sadder picture. So I think there will be a lot of so-called Baptist or Bible church people who get there and they were practicing religion and they'll hear from God, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Unfortunately, I believe there will be thousands of people who have followed some phony preachers in America today. Y'all still with me? They had their sticker on their car. They gave money to their ministry. But they believed the false teachings of a false teacher who didn't preach the truth of God's word fully and added to God's word and they bought it and they were serving a man or serving a ministry and not serving God. And I don't think, I don't say that with pride and arrogance and like goody goody, I can't believe those churches still exist. I'm saying it as someone who genuinely thinks that's the saddest picture we see in scripture. As someone who genuinely thinks they're born again, hearing, depart from me. That is the picture that Jesus painted, by the way. Did we not do this? Did we not do this? Did we not do this, God, in your name? And he'll say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. The burden is on every pastor who believes the Bible to teach and preach the Bible. Nothing more, nothing less. 
Yes, I've got a lot of opinions. You've probably heard a few of them. But I like to note that usually they're my opinions and not God's. If I've confused you, let me know and I'll tell you which one was God's and which one was mine. And every now and then, God and I agree on it. We are to examine them. We're to try them. That word means to analyze. It's a, it's a word that's more like um, when we analyze a metal, like in gold or, or precious metals and stones and things like that, that we're to have a, here, I like this, I read it from someone, we're to have a healthy skepticism. I like skepticism because I am one. Aren't I? I don't believe anything. Well, more and more, I don't believe anything. Some of y'all are on my team, I know. You just don't want anybody to know it. But as a Christian, we're to have a healthy level of skepticism about what we hear someone preach. If we're being very honest, when I get up and preach on Sunday, there ought to be a healthy level of skepticism, not that you doubt what I believe, but just to make sure he's preaching the truth. In any church, it ought to be there. And he just say something that's not, I mean, we got some big name people that sign Bibles and edit Bibles. They have thousands of people showing up and giving them money. And I could throw out some names, and I said, I said one of them a while back, and I think I offended some people because you weren't expecting that one. I can feel everyone wanting names to be said. <laughs> it's hard for me to call the names, I'm being honest, without people thinking I'm being jealous or envious. I, I'm, I'm satisfied where I'm at doing what I'm doing. Okay? But we've got to call out people who are preaching, especially when they've got people fooled. John's going to get into details here in a second. It really matters what you say about Jesus. I'm not going to say it again. You should have been here when I said it. Many spirits breathing different iterations of the gospel message. Paul said in Ephesians 4, I love this passage, it goes great with this, that we are no longer as Christians to be tossed to and fro as children carried about with every wind of doctrine. Doesn't that go just right, right with this whole idea of breathing out false iterations of the gospel? As a Christian, we're, we're supposed to know the word of God. We're filled with the Holy Spirit and we're not tossed to and fro by every new wind of doctrine. We know what we know. We know what we believe. Not because it was in the Baptist faith and message, but because it was in the word of God. These spirits are what we would consider counterfeit spirits. They're in the form of false teachers. He said, don't believe every spirit because many of them are going out into the world. I want us to understand here in verses two and three that there are only two categories of spirits. I've got a cough. It's been coming a while. We see in verse two, the spirit of God. And in verse 3, the spirit of Antichrist. The test of a true teacher, this is not going to work out, <clears throat> and a true believer 
is what they say about Jesus. I need that water. All right, I'm back. Know ye the Spirit of God. This is how every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. We have to understand that's not as simple as it sounds when we read it. It's not saying that everybody who believes that Jesus came exists, existed, or born again, or of the Spirit of God. What he's saying, in a very generic sense, is that he or she confesses that Jesus is exactly who the Word of God said he is. That he was God incarnate. He was God in the flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God, John 1.1 1, 1, and John 1.14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. It means someone who is of the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, a true teacher, is teaching that Jesus was God in the flesh. I was watching a clip this week. Um, it's a man that many people <clears throat> like. He's not a preacher. Don't get, don't get nervous. <clears throat> he is a Jew. <clears throat> His name is Ben Shapiro. Many of you watch him. Many of you listen to him. Many of you agree potentially with his politics. And he's pretty sharp. But he is not a Christian. He is not a Jewish Christian. He is not a completed Jew. I hope that doesn't offend you. I still agree with a lot of what he says about politics and history. But he's wrong on Jesus. And this week it, it popped up a lot of times on the Joe Rogan show. And uh, Ben Shapiro was adamant that Jesus was nobody. Even talked about his Jewish faith and how Jews don't believe he was a prophet. Jews don't even believe he was uh, of God. And Ben Shapiro, in his own words, said Jesus was just a man. He was just a Jew who revolted against the Romans and they killed him for it. That's what he said with his own words about it. Now, I'm not saying that he's a preacher propagating a false gospel. But if we're not careful, we'll follow some people who we look up to and agree with and then start to adopt their theology. I'm just warning us about that. In John's day, there were agnostics. There were false teachers, by the way. I don't know if you know exactly what an agnostic is, but there's a lot of them still today. It's all about knowing or not knowing. You can't know. This, no, no, no. Gnostic, knowledge, knowledge. There were people who made up in John's day, there were agnostics who actually, and this kind of perpetuated through the, through the first couple centuries, that Jesus was not God in the flesh, but that God came upon Jesus at his baptism and left him at the crucifixion. Now, that, I don't, we can figure out the whys of that, but that was what John, John was talking to people that believed that and had been affected by that philosophy of agnosticism. And he says, we can know the spirit of God by a person who confesses that Jesus has come as in the flesh is of God. If he was not God, then his sacrificial death was not a sacrifice at all. He was not perfect. Reality is it doesn't matter what a Ben Shapiro or any other false teacher for that matter says about Jesus. 
Ultimately, it matters what you say about Jesus. Matthew 16, who do you say that I am? Believe you're the Christ, you're the son of the living God. And a true believer and a true teacher will teach that Jesus was God. It's really ultimately denying the deity of Jesus. He is God. He is the second person of the Trinity. And while we're here, T.D. Jakes doesn't agree with that. He does not believe in the Trinity. He does not teach the Trinity. The Trinity. He has publicly denounced the Trinity, which involves Jesus as God. And so we have to be careful of who we listen to and who we agree with. We know that of the two spirits, there's the spirit of God. And then he says in verse three, there's the spirit of Antichrist. Very simply, any spirit, teacher or professor, the, gospel, the professing Christian, professing Christian who denies the deity and incarnation of Jesus is not of God. He is the spirit of Antichrist. John introduced the idea of the Antichrist in chapter two. He said in verse 18, little children, it is the last time, and as you have heard, the Antichrist shall come, and even now they're here. This is how we know we're living in the last time. In verse 22 of chapter 2, he says, who is a liar but he that denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denies the Father and the Son. The Antichrist, not the capital A, if you want to, Antichrist, but the spirit of Antichrist, or anyone who usurps over Christ or replaces Christ or opposes Christ. And we know that in today's world, as John taught earlier, we are in an age of Antichrist. The world and the system of the world is Antichrist. Believers are to examine the spirits. I gotta move to the next one because I don't think my throat's gonna make it and I wanna make sure we get here. I gotta turn this off again. Believers are not just to examine the spirits. This is important. Believers are empowered by the Holy Spirit. You are of God, little children. If I'm up here and I'm John today and I'm talking to church members who are believers, I'm gonna say this, little children, you're of God. And you ought to say, thank you for acknowledging that, pastor. I appreciate that you know I'm of God. You're of God, and because you're of God, here's the good news, there's a world full of false teachers, there's a satanic influence all over the world, but you have overcome them. Why? Now, if you read this, and you grew up in church, and you don't start singing in your heart, I think less of you. <laughs> because greater is he that is in me. Y'all remember that day? Greater is he, there's a few old people. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I just thought that was a song somebody made up in preschool. Came straight out of the Bible, imagine that. We've overcome. We're not affected by these false teachers the way the world is affected by them. Church, true believer, we're not 
easily carried away by every wind of doctrine. Here's where it gets fun. We don't sit in the couch, on the couch, and flip the TV from televangelist to televangelist and say, oh, that sounds good. Never heard that before. I like that. Maybe I should get my checkbook. We can watch and flip from televangelist to televangelist and say, error, 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 error. Oh, truth. We have overcome. We're not, we're not affected and influenced by the satanic forces of false doctrines to where we believe it. We've overcome. Why? Because we're so intelligent and we know the word of God. No, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. John said earlier, we have a built-in lie detector. It's not, it's not in the King James, but that's what he said. <laughs> we have a built-in lie detector and we, we don't take, maybe we take for granted, maybe we don't understand that the spirit of God dwells within us. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Man, I think God's a little upset at how much we preached on smoking and used that verse. You think it's all right to smoke? That's what somebody just thought. I felt it. It's not what I said. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And maybe you can throw smoking and drug use and everything else in there and tattoos and whatever floats your boat. Whoa, he just said tattoos. Huh? I wonder how he feels about that. Well, since you asked, I don't have any, but, and I'm perfect. No, um, I don't like the idea of it. I'll stop. But that passage of, in Hebrews, I believe, about, um, I mean, in, in 1 Corinthians, about the Holy Spirit living within us. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, we can preach and teach that you shouldn't um, eat too many steaks in a week. That's a dumb idea, but we missed the point that he's telling us, believers, you have the presence of God living in you. Therefore, you shouldn't want to do this and this and this, but it's, the, it's, a, it's, a, it's a message of the power of God that lives within you so that I can overcome false doctrine. I can overcome temptation. It's not in the message, but it's in the message. Because I have a power living within me. We get scared sometimes in the Baptist church because we're going to start talking about something else. No, let's just talk about the power of God living within us. Do you really believe that? It's what he says. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. They don't have that. The lost person doesn't have the ability to say truth, truth, error, error. But we do. He said earlier in 1 John chapter 2, uh, you have an anointing, you have an, an unction where or you don't have, man doesn't have to teach you these things. He's not saying we shouldn't be taught anything. He's saying there are some things because you're filled with the Holy Spirit that you don't have to be taught. And that lie detector goes off and says that's garbage. How do you know it's garbage? Holy Spirit told me. Now, it's great when you can, Holy Spirit pointed out garbage and you got a verse for it. Like double garbage. 
And I'm, and I'm convinced of this. The more we know of this, the more the Holy Spirit reminds us of what we know. It's crazy. It's crazy when you've studied God's word and had to memorize it in Awana or memorize it in Bible school for these pointless, useless trophies and all that stuff. And then how later in your life, the Holy Spirit says, hey, here's a verse. Is that even in the Bible? And then you Google it. It's like, hey, that's James 4. Oh, wow. I didn't even read James 4 this week. But the Holy Spirit reminded me of something that I had read and studied 20 years ago. The Holy Spirit has an essential role in the life of a believer. And here, we're overcomers because of the Holy Spirit so that we can know truth and error. In verse five, he identifies these two and he gives evidences. Verse number five, they are of the world, who? These false teachers, these spirits, they are of the world, they are lost, they are unredeemed, they are of the world, therefore, they speak of the world. I wish I would have saved some time for this. How do you know they're of the world? They speak of the world. We're talking about false teachers that speak of the world? Yeah. Now, I'm just old-fashioned and traditional enough that I would love to go off on a preaching tangent here but I'm not. Some of you would amen it. Some of you would like it. Some of you would say, he's older than I thought he was. So I'm not going to do it. I really want to, but I'm not. <laughs> Let me just say, I like the setting we have here. Okay, I'll just say that. I didn't say it was all perfect. Matter of fact, it's a little dark for me. I feel like I'm at the gym theater, and I don't like that. We don't have popcorn. But we're working on it. And in fairness, I'm the only one that I've heard complain about the darkness in here. You might not like it. That's not liberty for you to complain. Don't you let my complaining influence your complaining. I don't want to be a bad influence on you. Some of you probably, oh, it's bright. Oh, Dark devil. Anyway, so I don't like it. <laughs> How do you know they're of the world? Because they speak of the world. Now, we're not talking about lost people at the bar, because lost people at the bar ought to talk like lost people at the bar. He's talking about false teachers who speak like the world. Oh, it's so, it's so perfect to put this together. What is the world? John, John said it in chapter 2, that everything in the world is lust of eyes, lust of flesh, pride of life. And now he's saying these false teachers are preaching and teaching the things of the world. They're talking things of the world. You don't have to be a rocket scientist or a Bible student to figure this out. When someone gets up in a six or $7,000 suit and talks about how rich they are and how rich you can be and that God wants you to be rich, he's preaching lust of eyes, lust of flesh, pride of life. And when he says God doesn't want you to be a janitor, he wants you to be the CEO, he's talking about pride of life, lust of the flesh, lust of eyes. And they go, well, that sounds good. I think I'll invest my $100 here. Six years later, they're still a janitor. And when the preacher gets up, like Pastor Justin talked about, I watched those videos, he said, I'm the richest man in town because God wants me to be. I got the biggest house of any preacher in the country. Foolish. That same guy went on to say, I ain't been sick in 40 years. Same guy. 
He said, his daughter looked at him and said, Daddy, you're never sick. Well, God don't want me to be sick. I believe it. I name it and claim it. I heard somebody name and claim the blood over COVID from this pulpit. And a week later, they had COVID, about died. He's a friend of mine. But we don't agree with that name and claim it stuff. I'm not getting COVID. I'm not getting COVID. I'm not getting COVID. What do you do when you get COVID? You must not have believed enough. I don't know. The same guy that's never been sick in 40 years is going to die one day, and he's going to be sick and die. Because sin, and we're all influenced by sin. Don't let some false teacher tell you you're going to be rich, happy, healthy, and never be sick. Because sin came into this world, and it messed up everything, and you're going to get sick. Not everybody can be CEO. If everybody's CEO, it'd be a messed up world, messed upper than it is now. Right? And we still need custodians. God has a place for everybody. He's got a job for everybody. And everybody can't wear a seven, every preacher can't wear a $7,000 suit. I've had this one for a long time, which tells me my weight hasn't gotten too out of control. Still in it. New buttons, but you know, I'm still in it. They speak of the world, therefore the world hears them. Listen, the world that is full of the lust of the eyes, lust of flesh, pride of the life, wants to hear a message of lust of eyes, lust of flesh, pride of life. The world wants to hear that. The world does not want to hear against lust of flesh, lust of pride, lust of flesh, pride of life. They don't want to hear that. When the world comes into a place where that's being taught, the truth's being taught, they leave. And vice versa, which is versa number six. See how that worked out? I wasn't paying attention. Say it again. We have evidence of error and we have evidence of the spirit of truth. My throat feels much better now. I feel like I need to go back and do some stuff I skipped. But I won't. Evidence of the spirit of truth. We are of God, not of the world. And he that knows God hears us. What's he saying? Those, he's, he's, hears us. Us are the apostles, the teachers. Those who are of God listen to us. They listen to truth. They want to hear the truth. Church, it's as old as church is. Boy, you stepped on my toes today. Somebody texted me last week. Said, I was out of town. The words were, that message hit us both right between the eyes. I, what do I say? You're welcome. I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I usually respond something like this. Yeah, it hurt me too. Oh, you stepped on our toes today. Uh, we all, we're all in the boat together. A true Christian wants to hear the truth even when it hurts. This book is a two-edged sword. It's sharp. It cuts all the way down to the bone and the marrow and the tendons and the ligaments. And when it's preached, when it's read, when it's studied, it will cut. But it will also heal. It will also soothe. It will also comfort. And he says that a truly born again of God Christian who knows God hears us. He that is not, they don't listen. I don't want to hear that. 
I'll go somewhere I can find out I can hear something I want to hear. I like that happy, healthy, and wealthy. It's not in here, so it's not going to be in here. I talked about this in our new members class this morning. Yeah, we can. There's ways to get a crowd. But there's ways to keep a crowd from coming, too. I can't read verse 6 without thinking about John chapter 10. I love it. Used it for a staff meeting this past week. Jesus said about the good shepherd. He says, when he put forth his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. I'm not the voice of God necessarily, but my job is to preach and teach the word of God. And when we hear the word of God, true sheep will follow the word of God. They hear my voice, they know it, and they follow. A true born-again Christian who is empowered by the Holy Spirit will hear the word of God. They will recognize that it's a word of truth, and they will follow it. Likewise, a true born-again Christian that it's empowered with the Holy Spirit will notice error and will, what's he say? And a stranger, they will not follow it, but they'll flee. Oh, that's, that's not the voice of God. That's not the voice of truth. That's not the voice of the shepherd. Nah, not following that. It's hard to walk the other way when there's a lot of so-called sheep following a wolf. It's hard to walk against the grain, walk against the crowd. I think Jesus knew what he was talking about when he said, broad is the path and wide is the gate that leads to destruction and many there be who follow it, who find it, who walk it. But narrow is the gate, straight is the way that leads to everlasting life and few there be who follow it. As Christians, we know truth. We know error. We follow truth. And we run from error. Would you pray with me? Thank you for listening today. If you'd like to know more about Central Baptist Church, events, and ministries, please visit our webpage at cbckannapolis.com.